0: Truth is, I am Iron Man.
1: I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. What is going on? What are you doing? To infinity and beyond! This is the way. The flux capacitor.
0: Is Star Wars the one with the little wizard boy? Chewie, we're home. Avengers! Assemble. Oh, chills. Literal chills.
1: Hello, fans, to United We Fan, the podcast. United with me is my co-host, the Marvelous Brian. What's up, Brian?
0: Hey, everyone.
1: We hope you enjoyed our last week episode, magical episode, where we discuss the wizarding film world of Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts. On this week's episode, we take the field here at UWF Ballpark to discuss baseball movies. But first... Thank you all for uniting with us here on CKCC Radio as we talk about all things fandom. CKCC Radio is our home, so please spread your support to the rest of the variety of shows that they have on the channel to entertain you. They have podcasts ranging from wrestling talk shows, episode reviews of The Simpsons, Chris Ranks the Universe, music ranking tracks with Jeff, Real Paranormal Talk, and many other podcasts. You can check all of us out wherever you listen to your podcasts. In Mark and Brian's world news, a new Netflix season just came out. Brian, take it away.
0: Yeah, The Umbrella Academy Season 2 just launched uh, this past Friday, July 31st. I'm not watching Season 2 near as quickly as I watched Season 1. I remember watching Season 1 in a single day. Um, I'm not getting through it as fast this time, but I think that's helping me enjoy it just that much more. All the characters you love from the first one, they're changing the storyline a little bit, and it's just a whole lot of fun. There's a whole lot of things you get to see that you didn't get to see in season one. It's a really
1: good show. I'm excited. I will admit I'm behind on getting to it. I will get to it. I really enjoyed the first season. I just really enjoyed those musical numbers. When it zooms
0: out and you see all seven of them dancing, that's, that's such a cool scene.
1: Yeah, visually just great. Kind of an easy time for us when it comes to social media polls. Brian didn't have a Mount Rushmore. I'm still working on my favorite 90s animated series. It's down to the final four, a very surprising final four. If you would have thought Batman, Spider-Man, X-Men, Simpsons, Family Guy, South Park, King of the Hill, or Futurama would have been in it, you'd be wrong. The final four, in a shocking twist, comes down to Animaniacs, the Rugrats, Gargoyles, and Spongebob. I know each round for me shocks and surprises me. I My friends are just very unpredictable when it comes to this poll. Brian, I know you are uh, just as shocked as I am. <laughs> yeah,
0: X-Men, I saw it shortly when it was getting finished up. I saw it was losing by a single vote. I was I can't tell you how close I was, Mark, to making two ghost Facebook accounts.
1: Just burners <laughs> just to vote two
0: more times. But I, I, I'm I, not that much of a of a lamo, But, yeah, I was really disappointed to see Gargoyles beat X-Men, the animated series, by a single vote.
1: I'm happy Gargoyles is getting the love it's getting. But I'm also very shocked. Yeah, like you said, it beat X-Men by one vote. So... <laughs> Don't anyone ever say your vote doesn't matter. It does, no matter what the contest. Now, it's time to get on with the game as Brian and I talk baseball movies. Major League Baseball just started recently and I feel like you should all know something about Brian and I. We both love baseball and we have our favorite teams. For me, it's the Boston Red Sox. And for Brian, you love
0: the Colorado Rockies.
1: I will admit I do love the purple and black from the Colorado Rockies. It's a very unique color scheme for Major League Baseball. I feel like everyone's hoping because I know everyone relies on our World Series predictions for their betting and frame of mind. So why not? Let's go for it. Brian, who you got for the uh World Series?
0: Yeah, if you're not listening to us to take these bets to Vegas, then really what are you doing? No, I'm just kidding. But uh <laughs> Being a being a Rockies fan, this pains me to say it. It really does. But I think the Los Angeles Dodgers are going to win the National League, given that the season does come to a finish. Um, I think the Dodgers will win the National League. And then in the American League, I expect the Yankees to win it. So, shocker for a whole lot of people picking Dodgers-Yankees World Series. But that's kind of how I'm feeling as well. The way the season started out seems to be pretty clear there. And I, uh, I, I hate to say it, but I think the first time since... I was four months old. The Dodgers are going to win the World Series.
1: Wow. And how many games? Six
0: games. If home field's not going to be a thing, uh, I would say six games. Since, But yeah, without crowds, I'm going to go with six games.
1: I mean, that's a good choice. I will also go with the Dodgers winning the National League and winning the World Series. They've just been so good for so long. It's got to happen. I see them winning it. I see five or six, Um, probably six. Who will they be facing for me? I thought about the Yankees. I feel like that's an obvious answer. You're a Red uh, Sox fan. You can't pick the Yankees. No, I know, and I. I already went against my, my everything <laughs> in my code. I, I mean, if I felt it, I would say it. Even though it would break my heart, I think you will have to beat New York in the American League Championship. But I'm going to go with the Cleveland, uh, the Cleveland Indians. I think they're going to do it. It was hard for me not to pick the twins look really good the rays look really good but i'm gonna go with the cleveland indians so i think it'll be indians dodgers with the dodgers winning it in six
0: yeah i think oakland is playing really well too. the american league seems really really wide open compared to the national league there's kind of one really good team and then six or seven other pretty good teams
1: even though the red sox are not doing that well this season I still love you. I guess I'll just have to be hoping Brian has some better luck this season than I do.
0: So far, so good.
1: Now we're going to move on to our baseball movie, Mount Rushmore, where we're going to pick what we think are our four favorite baseball movies. I know this was hard for me. It, I actually came up with a top 10 and just start whittling away at it, but I did it. Brian, would you like the honors of naming your Mount Rushmore?
0: I actually did this on my Mount Rushmore. It was on our Captain America episode for the 4th of July, where we actually discussed my poll of the Mount Rushmores of baseball movies. Um, So you can go back and check that out as well. But my top four Mount Rushmore baseball movies hasn't changed since then. It's The Sandlot, Little Big League, Moneyball, and Field of Dreams.
1: If you build it, he will come. I don't hear a wrong answer in any of that. I'm sure a lot of people will agree with you. Did you have any that just missed your list?
0: A movie I haven't seen in a really long time that I really like is Hardball uh, yep. with Keanu Reeves. That one's really good, I like that. The Rookie with Dennis Quaid, that movie yep. has that movie has a few pacing issues, but overall I really, really enjoy that movie. I, I try to put myself in that situation of working your whole life and then showing up in the major leagues in your late 30s, like that would be really cool. But for the most part, my clear, my top four are a fairly clear four.
1: And our uh, good friend, Chris, over at CKCC Radio, he heard we were doing this one, sent us a message to let us know his Mount Rushmore. And it's Major League, Rookie of the Year, League of Their Own, and The Sandlot. The Natural and 61 just missed the cut. The 61 film is actually on my list, and I know you and I will have to come back to The Natural. We have a lot of thoughts on that. My Mount Rushmore was Moneyball, so you and I agree on that one. Major League, that movie still makes me laugh, so Chris and I agree on that one. The same with 61, it made my Mount Rushmore. I love that HBO film. And then, Brian, you and I agree on The Sandlot. It's just never gets old. I think it's timeless. Just love that movie. A League of Their Own, I rewatched it for this podcast, and it wanted to make the list so bad. Same with Bull Durham, with Kevin Costner. It was very hard for me to leave those two out, but just had to. Brian, you and I agree on The Sandlot. I feel like we just have to talk about some more of that, huh? I haven't had anything yet, so how can I have some more of nothing? You're
0: killing me, Smalls. I love The Sandlot so much. I haven't rewatched it in, like, probably... A month and that's about the longest I've gone in a long time I love the Sandlot it was in the theaters again for its 25th anniversary a couple years ago I was able to go see it in theaters for the first time Uh, that whole movie it's so quotable everything about it some people try to poke holes in it saying the plot of the movie with the dog and the Babe Ruth ball uh, happens so late in the movie But honestly, that's not a big deal to me because the first half is just as funny as anything else.
1: I love the original title for the movie called Boys of Summer, and I think that would have represented the movie well. But unfortunately, you know, you had that song with the same name and then there was a book with the same name, so they couldn't do it. So it became The Sandlot. I mean, I still love the name of it, but I remember it just came out a great time in my life where I was playing on it i remember it was like a, a dirt field we had the overgrown grass where the the infield lines were kind of hard to see and all that i guess i could just relate to it i always wanted that tree house i don't i don't know any kid that wouldn't want that tree house
0: yeah that that tree house is awesome it, and then it explodes because the vacuum <laughs> explode. my wife can't stand it but i'm always constantly saying the pipe it's pinched shut
1: <laughs> oh god yeah the explosion that, you know, it just that early Michael Bay film explosion in the treehouse. And then that dream where he has it, where Babe Ruth comes out of his closet. I, I know that would probably kind of freak me out a little bit. Benny the Jet.
0: I I just, I grew up idolizing that guy. That is the only Dodger that I will root for. Just everything about this movie makes me laugh from the, the tobacco on the, <laughs> on the carnival ride. It just, and Squints is Squints is my favorite character. I love Squints. I have the Squints and Wendy Peppercorn double uh, Funko that came uh, together with Wendy in the swimsuit and Squints in his bathing suit. I just, and then Ham the Babe Porter. I, I love that movie. There's It's just so quotable. I can quote it for the rest of my life. Forever.
1: I will admit, whenever I had a crush on a girl, I would refer to her as my Wendy Peppercorn. I was like, oh, there's my Wendy. Yep. It's how much of a nerd i am lotioning
0: <laughs> oiling
1: oiling.
0: but my fi- my favorite part of that movie is when they play against the good kids in town and they just yeah. completely beat them up when ham's behind and is that your sister out in left field <laughs> naked <laughs> <laughs> uh, if my the dog tr- was as ugly as you i'd shave his butt and tell him to walk backwards just everything about that movie i love i love the sandlot
1: the trash talking and it still holds up quite well Shut up, idiot, moron, scab eater, butt sniffer, yeah! liquor! fart smeller. And then the other movie we agreed on was Moneyball, with Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, Best Picture nominee, Best Actor, Supporting Actor, and Screenplay nominee—all very well-deserved nominations. It's based on a book. I have read the book. I don't think the book will be for everyone because it definitely explains the science and the math of everything. So it won't. Flow as well as the movie but i would definitely say check it out if you are interested in the math and science of baseball
0: if you understand baseball the book by michael lewis is is definitely worth reading but if you're this movie is for anybody baseball fan or not it really is just a good movie in general but if you're a fan of baseball uh, that book by michael lewis is really worth reading
1: i love it because it shows you a different side of baseball and let's not forget it's based on a True story of Billy Bean, the GM of the Oakland Athletics. Just you getting to see the frustrations of a smaller club that everyone just takes like they're good players because they can't afford them, the struggle of trying to win, trying to do something different, trying to change a game that's been the same for like a hundred years. I love that aspect of it.
0: Yeah, when Billy Bean talks about the Oakland A's financial situation. The problem we're trying to solve is that there are rich teams and there are poor teams. Then there's 50 feet of crap, and then there's us. But this movie has Aaron Sorkin just all over it. He was one of the writers um, of it, uh, based on the book by Michael Lewis, as we mentioned. He helped uh, working on on this movie as well. But Aaron Sorkin, famous writer of the West Wing, A Few Good Men, the guy knows how to write a good story. Just this movie is loaded from Brad Pitt, Robin Wright, Jonah Hill, Philip Seymour Hoffman, I mean, he's in almost an afterthought in this movie. He plays the manager, Art Howe, and I mean, you don't see him near as much, but this was when Chris Pratt was coming up. And then Stephen Bishop's character as David Justice. Yeah. I love David Justice as a kid, and the way he's portrayed in this movie makes me go back and want to revisit all of that.
1: I definitely see that, and if you want to see why these two actors, Jonah Hill and Brad Pitt were nominated for their acting, watch the scene where the two of them are just in an office and actually two scenes. First one I was thinking of is they're trying to make a three-way team trade for players. They're trying to make trades happen. And you just see Brad, like get this person on the phone. Jonah Hill does like takes one phone and they're all making it work and bouncing off of each other. It's just a brilliantly written scene. You can tell Mr. Sorkin has experience writing plays with the dialogue in it. The other scene is where Brad Pitt's educating Jonah Hill how to let someone go or tell them they're traded off the team. And it's just a really good, straightforward scene. Just the acting between them is just something to study.
0: The baseball scenes themselves, I don't love how all of them were filmed. I do kind of like jumping into like the TV footage of their 22-game win streak and all that kind of stuff but the baseball scenes themselves just to me feel really dark. I think that's the only thing about this film that I would change.
1: I can kind of see that they do kind of go back and forth on how they want to film the baseball team playing. I I dig it, but I I see your side, but I've never been a major
0: leaguer. It's very possible that just everything above the stadium likes like that is, is really dark. Maybe that's just the only difference. So it could be very well done and I, and I'm just not quite realizing it, but I really like the off the field stuff between Billy Bean, between Brad Pitt and um, his daughter Casey.
1: Oh yeah. Um, I
0: apologize, I don't have the actress's name um, who played Casey, but just the relationship he had with his daughter in that movie. It just was really he just loved her. You could tell he loved her. He did everything for her. They do a good job at balancing Billy's former pro career that just didn't pan out to what kind of turned into what he is today. Uh, Karis Dorsey is the name of the actress that that played Casey Bean but um, I just really like the the scenes when they're on screen together and she convinces him to turn around and go back when the A's are about to set the
1: American League record I just really like how all that plays out the one scene where she's playing her guitar and singing to him I'm not a I'm not a parent so I don't know if it hit you differently Brian but for me it gave me chills
0: Oh. One more thing I want to say about Moneyball is how well they, they cast all the actors to play real players, between getting the actors to throw sidearm, just like the real players, stuff like that. I just think they, a, they did a great job, and,
1: and Chris Pratt as Scott Hatterberg, I love that character. Well-made movie, and deserving of that Best Picture nomination. Moving on, we have... We'll go back to another kid baseball movie. Brian, one of your Mount Rushmore's is Little Big League, and I will confess... When it comes to the movies where you have a kid playing on a major league team or involved with a major league team, I like Little Big League more than Rookie of the Year, and I know some people are going to gasp at that, but I'm with you. There's a lot of love for me with Little Big League.
0: Little Big League, when you put it up against Rookie of the Year, they came out in like within just a couple months of each other as well. The premise of Little Big League, if you haven't seen it, which is a lot of people, unfortunately, is a little boy, he's 12 or 13 years old, and his grandfather passes away. His grandfather is the owner of the Twins, and he leaves the team to Billy. Um, and then Billy steps in as the owner, fires the manager because he's just not doing a good job and does nobody wants to work for a kid, so he hires himself as the manager and ends up taking the Twins all the way down to a play-in game for the playoffs where Ken Griffey Jr comes up big for the Mariners. It's just it's such a fun movie with so many good baseball cameos in it. I love it.
1: Yeah, I definitely love the Ken Griffey Jr Big Hurt cameos. Big Hurt, I know I've said this before. I don't he, he wasn't asked to do too much, just 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 be the Big Hurt and then Ken Griffey, you get a glimpse of I feel like just the charm that was the kid, Ken Griffey Jr.
0: It's never iffy. If it's grippy.
1: But I think the reason I loved Little Big League more was as I thought about it, I went, would I prefer to be a kid who injures his arm, has limited time magic as a Major League Baseball player, or would I like to be given a Major League team, coach it and GM it for a little bit, and then at the end still own it? Yeah, I would rather do that life. So I just think I enjoyed that a lot more.
0: Yeah, it's fun to go back and see the old Metrodome. Not that Target Field in Minnesota isn't a, a beautiful bar, ballpark from what I've seen of it. But the old Metrodome back in Minnesota, that's that's a fun little stadium to, to, to kind of look back on. The soundtrack in Little Big League is awesome. Um, yeah. Run around Sioux and center field from John Pogerty, yeah. like all that kind of stuff. Just the soundtrack is a whole lot of fun. Just the relationship he has with his players the scene when they when he has to go tell the players to stop dropping water balloons out the window and then just end yeah. up doing it anyway. Uh, but my favorite running joke from that movie, I actually have two favorite running jokes from that movie. The first one is the radio announcer always pulling out crazy statistics by yeah. saying anybody who plays north of the Mason-Dixon line who plays their home games in a dome on Tuesdays and stuff like <laughs> that, I laugh every time. And then the joke with Bowers where... They are right to, ready to play their play-in game, and Billy's doing his math homework, and nobody can tell how fast <laughs> these guys can paint this house together. And then he ends it with,
1: Oh, are you sure? Oh, oh, but of course, my diminutive leader. Long have I been familiar with the exactitudes of the mathematical world. And Mac, the horse's name is Friday.
0: Because <laughs> throughout the movie, Mac's been being told this, okay, a cowboy rides into town on Friday, stays three days, and leaves on Friday. And then Bowers kind of gives away the joke at the end of the movie after like an hour and a half. It makes me laugh every time.
1: Yeah, I I will admit I was young when I first saw this movie. So the joke, I didn't get it. I remember he said the horse's name is Friday. And my mom leaned over and she goes, that's the joke. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I (laughs) I I didn't know that at all. And then the film also teaches you to be careful what movies you watch. And remember, Night nurses is not something everybody should watch. It's not suitable for everyone.
0: When he's sitting on the bench in Boston and Bowers (laughs) just looks at him and he goes, how
1: sad, another tragic victim of the night nurses from Jersey. Jokes that you didn't understand to understand now. (laughs) And then over on my Mount Rushmore, I had 61. It was an HBO movie directed by the Billy Crystal. I hope we all know and love Billy Crystal. Very talented and hilarious man stars Barry Pepper and Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane, um, he was in that Punisher movie with John Travolta. Barry Pepper, you can catch him in the movie Saving Private Ryan or The Green Mile. It talks about the chase for home run single season between Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris, And the city of New York, as time went on, only had room in their hearts for one, which was Mickey Mantle and how Roger Maris, it just really took a toll on him And he wasn't a player or a person that liked the big spotlight. So maybe New York City and the Yankees weren't the best place for him. But it just shows the friendship and the struggle as a baseball player chasing the ghost that is the great Bambino, Babe Ruth.
0: Yeah, Roger Maris hit 61 that year in 61. So 61 in 61, that's kind of a a cool thing. And that home run record held until 1998. Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire both beat it. But yeah, I haven't seen this movie a lot. Uh, but it is just crazy to think how Roger Maris is completely forgotten on such a good Yankees team. It's uh, because Mickey Mantle was just the personality that he was. Just it's pretty it's pretty crazy to watch. But Roger Maris was one of the best baseball players of all time. And nobody even thinks about him.
1: Next up, we're going to check out Field of Dreams with Kevin Costner. Brian, this major Mount Rushmore. Why is that?
0: I love this movie. I saw it, I think the first time I was four or five years old. This movie has always been one of my absolute favorites. I can see if you don't, if you haven't seen it until you were older, then I can see why it might not completely land with you. But everything in this movie just works for me, Kevin Costner. um, The man clearly loves baseball. Um, as yeah. we'll talk about more later on. But everything from building just a gorgeous field, which does exist, and actually Major League Baseball is going to play a game at the Field of Dreams later this year. I think it's on August 16th, so in like two weeks. Um, so that's going to be really cool with the, corn, with the corn in the outfield, all that kind of stuff. It's going to be pretty cool. But just it's gorgeous to look at. James Earl Jones, I love James Earl Jones. Anything you get Darth Vader involved in, I'll watch. <laughs> but the, the, speech, the speech that he gives... The one
1: constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. America has rolled by like an army of steamrollers. It's been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt and erased again. But baseball has marked the time. This field, this game, it's a part of our past, Ray. It reminds us of all that once was good it could
0: be again just baseball is my favorite sport and it just really lands with me
1: i liked it it was a movie i loved watching with my dad i think that's like a great father and son movie definitely does it have a huge impact on me i can see why people love it it's not in my top five it's maybe in my top 10 i think it's a really well done movie i like it quite a bit but it just didn't hit me as much as it hit others.
0: Yeah, when he says at the end of the movie, Dad, do you want to have a catch? Like, Uh. it gets me every single time. Again, if I hadn't seen it until later in my life, I don't know if I would feel the same way, but I love that movie so much.
1: I need to rewatch that one, and I'm also very excited to see Major League Baseball, who's trying to do new things with the game, to actually play in the cornfield. I think that's going to be a very exciting new chapter for them. Well, speaking of Major League Baseball, it seems like a good segue to talk about the last one on my Mount Rushmore, Major League, starring Tom Berenger, Charlie Sheen, Wesley Snipes, and Dennis Hasbert. I think the movie still makes me laugh. The laugh still holds up. Um, There is some datedness to the film, but overall I think it's hilarious. I think it's the original version of the football movie, The Replacements, where you just... The owner, the new owner... She's trying to get the team relocated, so she needs them to stink. So she brings in these, like, replacement-type players, and they come together to find a winning formula and also to make you laugh. I love it. Like I said, it's in my Mount Rushmore because it holds up after all this time and still makes me laugh. Just a reminder, fans, about Die Hard night coming up here at the stadium. Free admission to anyone who was actually alive the last time the Indians won a pennant.
0: Yeah, Willie Mays Hayes is my favorite character from that movie. <laughs> Wesley Snipes, I love Willie Mays Hayes when he steps in and he swings the bat above his head. Like just everything about that character makes me laugh. Jack Taylor, I don't really enjoy the off the field stuff with his love interest of chasing down his ex girlfriend who's engaged and all that uh, kind of
1: stuff. Rene it, Russo.
0: Yeah, it gives the movie it gives the movie a full complete storyline. It's just that yeah. part that part I don't love, but all the all the intricacies and and Bull Durham does a lot of this this too, which we'll talk about, but just all the the weird superstitions that baseball players have when Serrano can't hit a curveball so he just does everything and then (laughs) you have the the Christian guy who doesn't feel comfortable with anything that Serrano does. Just all that is
1: really, really funny. Tom Berenger, the Jake Taylor character, I I connected with him kinda (laughs) with the the knees and feeling old. But still wanting to play. I I definitely feel that whenever I'm on the softball field. But I think they gave him that little off the field story, trying to get every person in the audience who maybe didn't want a straight up baseball only movie, wanted some romance. They they gave something else to root for.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure I just called him Jack Taylor. It is Jake Taylor, so my apologies to Tom Behringer. But yeah, no, I've I've used this I've used the line many times that hey, if Jake Taylor can get a bunt single, then so can
1: you. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's some motivation right there. Agreed.
0: But Charlie Charlie Sheen is the wild thing when they put the glasses on him. The very original pair of glasses <laughs> that they give him makes me laugh every time. But just the Wild Things theme song when he comes out of the comes out of the bullpen and just all that kind of stuff. I love that scene so much.
1: Have you been able to catch all of the Major League trilogy? Have you seen the second one and then the third one? Back to the minors?
0: I've watched Back to the minors far more than I'm willing to admit now. Um, yeah, but, like my mom's family's all from like the Salt Lake area So the buzz and all that kind of stuff just really worked for me um, when I was yeah. a kid But now looking back on them like the for major league major league was for adults It was rated R like it had a lot more adult themes in it major league 2 was rated yeah. PG It was just such a stark contrast to what major league was. It just didn't really work for me
1: I actually went back and rewatched the second one. It didn't hold up that well for me at all there are still some funny jokes in it, but overall, you could just tell they tried to make a movie and it didn't work. I definitely, now I know the third one has some very weak connections it's to not the major. Good. Yeah, it's not a but, very good movie. <laughs> but then again, if you put it on, I'll watch it. I'll watch it for you with, um, what is it, Scott Volca from Quantum Leap Stop <laughs> as the again. coach? Yep. Dracula, thank you. I'll, I'll watch it. I'll watch yeah, the I buzz.
0: I think the only connection is Corbin Burnson's character of Roger Dorn. I think that's the only connection.
1: No, you have uh, Tanaka from the second one, and then you have Dennis Hasbert, the, the Serrano character. You have him in it, too. Oh,
0: yeah, that's right. Okay, I guess I, yes. I, have, I haven't seen Major League in a in a little while.
1: You're good. Like I said, it's weak. It's down the list. Definitely forced, forced connections, but it's there. You know what? We talked a lot about kid baseball movies let's keep that going rookie of the year we mentioned it earlier ryan rookie of the year i i enjoy it i think it's very funny like i said and you and i agree little big league just hit us a lot better but rookie of the year is still a fun movie let's let's not be wrong there
0: yeah chet's chet the rocket stedman <laughs> um gary busey like gary busey's always been gary busey you will never convince yeah. me otherwise if you put this up against Little Big League, this probably has my favorite character and my favorite scene. My favorite scene is when he's at the doctor and he hits the doctor in the nose, <laughs> and his friends are sitting on the counter and oh, funky butt loving. Did he say funky butt loving? I love that part. And then, but my favorite character is Daniel Stern from the Full House movie when he plays yeah. Brick. When he plays Brickma, the the crazy pitching coach who gets locked in the closet. But that scene when he talks about hot ice you see after
1: the game a lot of guys like to ice up their arm still other fellas think that heat is the way to go but i have discovered the secret henry hot ice that's right hot ice i heat up the ice cubes it's the best of both worlds the film is um co-starring and directed actually by daniel stern fun fact and i love how you didn't go daniel stern from the home alone movies you said daniel stern from the full house movie i was like wait oh, did you... i say full house no i <laughs> definitely met home alone you look, a heart, a danny tanner is shaking his head at you right <laughs> now but yeah you also have um Thomas Ian Nicholas from the American Pie movies as the Rookie of the Year, and I another personal confession. I remember I got in trouble in elementary school because I I think I fell or something, and I said "funky butt loving," <laughs> and a teacher a teacher made me write. Oh my gosh, it's coming back to me. Made me write on the dry erase board how that is inappropriate or how I won't ever say that again. But I couldn't write out what I said because it's inappropriate. But I had her write, I won't ever say that again over and over. That's hilarious. I also think the manager, Albert Hall, when he can't pronounce the last name correctly.
0: I'm looking for Henry Ruhlenfurter. Ravenbuser. Rosenbagger. Gartenhoser. Ruhlengruder.
1: Hey, way to go, run a mucker. That running joke makes me laugh every time. And then I love when he's introducing Daniel Stern character. And he's like, I beamed him once in the head in the, in the minor leagues. And he's been following me around ever since. <laughs> laugh so much at that. And then, of course, Daniel Stern just does not have any luck. Keeps getting locked into things. let play the ball! let play the ball! Yeah! And hot ice. I, I'm surprised that has not caught on for uh, sports injuries oh
0: it just doesn't make any sense i will tell you mark i am just now learning that daniel stern was the director of this movie i did not know that until you said it
1: i i'm not a cubs fan but i kind of wondered and i should ask a cubs fan was that a little heartbreaking when you see him with the world series ring at the end there spoiler alert. if that hurt a little bit to see that i mean obviously the cubbies went on many years later to win one but i wondered if that hurt a little bit
0: The thing I hate most about that movie, and let's say this is the reason why I didn't pick it over Little Big League, and there's obviously more reasons, but the fact that he constantly plays baseball in jeans drives me crazy. When he tucks his baseball jersey into his jeans and he just plays in right field, it drives me nuts.
1: I think the thing that drove me crazy, why the heck is he playing Little League baseball wearing a World Series ring? (laughs) I, I do like the disappointed dad, like head shake. I'm like, why, why, why are you wearing that? No, don't wear that.
0: The character, the mom's boyfriend, Jack, that yeah. character, I'm really uncomfortable with that character, just everything that he does of being Henry's manager uh, and stuff like that. But the old owner um, played by Eddie Bracken, the old owner, the white haired yeah. guy, and when he gets charged for a hot dog, like 20 <laughs> bucks, and he just can't <laughs> believe the price of it. He's the owner of the team.
1: I think we got to go back to where kids... Kid baseball movie started 1976 with the Bad News Bears. And then the next year we had the 1977 Bad News Bears where they play in the Astrodome, which I know if I was a kid playing in the Astrodome, the old Astrodome, that would have given me chills. And then the year after that, I didn't realize they came out a year after each other. Um, You had the third one where they went to Japan. So I would have been okay with playing the Astrodome or going to Japan to play baseball. Yeah, the 19... 76 one i i don't know if that or the really bad billy bob thornton 2005 one i don't think any of them could be made nowadays that 2005 one those jokes and characters oh man just so many red flags if it was made nowadays but the 1976 one i i remember i liked it a lot it was something different and it had walter Matthau. Who I love him from the odd couple.
0: They were really banking on these movies being successful, considering they were basically making the third one when the first was coming out, kind of deal. It was it was already yeah. in development for sure. But I mean it was it was good. There's still some stuff in it, like the kids drinking the beer after they spoiler alert lose, <laughs> get thrown out at home plate at the end, like all that kind of yeah. stuff. But there's I mean it's it's a funny movie, there's no question.
1: And I mean, good on them having the team lose you know it's a kid baseball movie you would think and you know we're actually going to have the team you're rooting for just come up short in the end the team they're playing the yankees coached by the sadly departed early vic morrow he i just remember as a kid seeing how intense he was as the coach and of course like me not being a fan of the yankees as a kid i was like of course they have that kind of coach on their team (laughs) I just remember the scene between him and his kid that he's coaching. It's really intense. Like, there's several very intense scenes. For all of you Watchmen or, I don't know, there's not many of you out there who are fans of the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, but a very young kid version, Jackie Earl Haley, is in the film as well. But yeah, check out the rest of the trilogy if you get a chance. The one they play in the Astrodome... Is fun. And then the one where they go to Japan is also a cute one. If you want to check out the Billy Bob Thornton one to see what kind of train wreck it was, go for it. They were trying to cash on him as Bad Santa and it just did not work.
0: Yeah, don't blame us if you watch that movie. We're telling you that it's probably not worth it.
1: Disney had a remake on their hands with Angels in the Outfield. The original came out in 1951. And then in 1994, they were like, you know what? It's time. Let's remake this with. Danny Glover, Tony Danza, Christopher Lloyd, and then, of course, a very young Joseph Gordon-Levitt.
0: I love this movie. I can't find it anywhere. It's not anywhere digital on Amazon or iTunes or or anywhere like that. I just saw it recently on ESPN during this coronavirus shutdown. They didn't have anything else to show, so I did see it recently. This movie makes me laugh. I look back on it, I still remember the poor guy who has to wear a poncho because the kids can't keep their nachos and their everything <laughs> together. I can't, that that poor guy, I just felt so bad for him. But I, just Danny Glover, just the relationship he ends up having with those boys and adopting both of them. Just the entire character of JP, I love that little kid. Just the God's thumbnail and all that kind of stuff. I, I just love that. That movie, I just look back on it fondly. There's nothing I... I don't like about it even though it is just outrageous.
1: Christopher Lloyd is the angel, perfect casting. Danny Glover, I think this is one of my favorite performances from him. You just see him go from struggling to the heartfelt moments between him, uh, spoiler alert, adopting the kids. It's just very good Disney chills.
0: I love that Christopher Lloyd is named Al because of the American League hat for the umpires that's back in the <laughs> days when the American League and the National League had their own set of umpires. Tony Danza as Mel Clark and the how much yeah. the radio how much the radio announcer hates Mel Clark. Like just all that was uh, really funny.
1: Well, talking about chills and movies that hit in the gut punch, we got to talk about Hardball with Keanu Reeves. We can kind of get a bad news bear Vibe from this, where kind of a guy down on his luck has to coach a kids' baseball team, but then after that, it definitely goes its own way and becomes its own movie. Go back, watch it. I think it holds up, and I think, especially in the times that are going on right now, I think it's also a great movie to watch nowadays. And you get a really good performance from Keanu Reeves.
0: I remember watching this movie for the first time. And he calls G-Baby off the bench to be the pinch hitter. And then the the movie skips ahead. To then, I'm I'm not even going to say it, to just really bad things happening to to G-Baby. But you don't see how the movie ends up. But the way they tell that story of Keanu Reeves standing up, I guess I have to say it, at the funeral. To tell the story of G-Baby. And just how that entire final pinch hit scene played out. When you know kind of how it ends. And then going back and watching G-Baby be the hero of that team. It's just so... Oh man, it just makes me cry every single time.
1: Sorry, I'm over here ugly crying right now because you brought up G-Baby.
0: It's what makes this movie so good though.
1: It is. And the film could have easily been cliche. But they decided not to go cheesy, try to take this down on luck or, you know, make them winners type story. It gets really personal and it shows you that not everybody has a sandlot to play on or not everyone can play on that shining field. There are baseball teams that don't have the best environment to play in, but they still play the game and why the game is very important. You also get a young... um Michael B. Jordan, Killmonger from Black Panther. He's in it. And they it could you can see little. Call me big papa. Yeah. Oh, God. The album for this movie. So good. Check this one out. But we are giving you the UWF warning that you need to bring tissues for this one. Hardball will, uh, you'll take a line drive to the gut, definitely. Well, now that I've dried my eyes. We're gonna move on to Kevin Costner. For all of you who didn't know, there's a Kevin Costner baseball trilogy. You have Bull Durham, Build of Dreams, and For Love of the Game. I'm gonna say let's start with For Love of the Game. It's not as well known. Fun fact: it's directed by Sam Raimi. Yes, that's Sam Raimi who did Evil Dead trilogy and the Spider-Man trilogy with Toby McGuire. And come to think of it, Brian. Wasn't our first episode of UWF, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy?
0: Oh my gosh, it was.
1: So check that one out. Yeah, the film stars Kevin Costner as that on the verge of retirement pitcher who plays for the Detroit Tigers and his love story with Kelly Preston. It is based on a book. I've been trying to find a copy of it so I can read it. Overall, I really like it a lot. You have J.K. Simmons. As the coach of the Detroit Tigers, John C. Riley is his trusty catcher. So the film goes back and forth between flashbacks of Kevin Costner meeting Kelly Preston, flash forwarding to where they are now up and down in their relationship. So it's a really good love story baseball movie.
0: In the trilogy of Costner movies, this is my least favorite just because it has, I mean, it has some baseball in it, but it's far more of a love story than than anything else so i i don't like it as much um but john c Riley as as the catcher i love i love that character um this there's the pep talk he gives him i really like that one Um, but of the three it's my least favorite of the three
1: yeah i think if we were going to rank them for me it would go bull durham field of dreams for love of the game but if you put any of them on i'll watch it with you So, Brian, I know we talked about Field of Dreams. It made your Mount Rushmore earlier. So then let's talk about the other one part of the trilogy, Bull Durham. It just missed my Mount Rushmore. It's actually probably number five for me. Kevin Costner, Tim Robbins, Ron Shelton directed it. He did the Kevin Costner, Tim Cup golf movie, which is a fun, very fun sports movie. And then starring also... Brian, I believe one of your favorite actresses, Susan Sarandon, do I have that correct?
0: This is what kills the movie for me. I <laughs> I do not enjoy I do not enjoy anything and this includes the episodes of Friends that she's in. I do not enjoy anything that Susan Sarandon is in. I just don't in I don't I don't like watching her act. I I, mean, I don't know what it is. I can't even explain it. I just don't enjoy watching Susan Sarandon act. So that really brings the movie, <laughs> brings the movie down for me. Her character, the love triangle she has with, with Nuke and and Crash. I just don't. It. I just don't enjoy her in anything that she's in. But Crash <laughs> Davis, just all the different superstitions, and that scene when they're having the talk on the mound about candlesticks and wedding <laughs> gifts. It's so funny. Well. Nuke's scared because his eyelids are jammed and his old man's here. We need a live rooster was it a live rooster? We need a live rooster to take the curse off Jose's glove and nobody seems to know what to get Millie or Jimmy for their wedding present. Okay, well uh candlesticks always make a nice gift and uh maybe you can find out where she's registered, maybe a place setting or maybe a silverware pattern stick. Okay, let's get to.
1: we go. I do enjoy the scene where Kevin Costner's lecturing Tim Robbins on his sandals. I thought that was funny. I, when it comes to Susan Sarandon, I liked her in her episode of Friends. I thought she was funny. But she, outside of, you know, Rocky Horror and Thelma Louise, I'm i going to take it or leave it when it comes to her. I do love that the story is about minor league baseball. I think it, it shows the struggles of them riding the bus The field isn't the greatest. And also the story of Kevin Costner, who's been the journeyman of minor league baseball, trying to make it. He's on his way to secretly becoming the home run king of minor league baseball. But what does that mean? Like, honestly, when it comes to minor league baseball, I mean, if anything, just watch it to see Tim Robbins wearing a, what is it, a girder, girdle? (laughs)
0: Whatever it is.
1: (laughs) trying to take his mind off of overthinking things I thought that was hilarious well Brian it's that time in the episode for the seventh inning stretch All right, well, hopefully everyone had a good stretch. And... Oh, i love
0: me some Cracker Jacks.
1: Oh, yeah. Buy me some peanuts all the way. Now we're going to move on to our rapid fire. We don't want people thinking we forgot movies. So we're going to do some rapid fire. We'll have a history section and then a comedy section, and then we'll touch on some of the other movies. So join us as we dig in for the seventh inning stretch. So we'll start with history section. These are all about films that tackle historical events in baseball. We'll start with 42, the Jackie Robinson story with Chadwick Bossman, Mr. Black Panther, co-starring also Harrison Ford, Mr. Indiana Jones, and Alan Tudyk. Well, he's in most Pixar movies and also Firefly. 42 is actual movie that can get under my skin. Alan Tudyk plays a manager of the Philadelphia Phillies who has one of the most disgusting ways to taunt Jackie Robinson and it'll get under your skin make you uncomfortable but overall I think the film is very well done
0: yeah Chadwick Bozeman does a great job I wish there was just a little bit more especially the final game rather than just the one at bat I wish we got a little bit more baseball in it just because it was all filmed so well uh, but that's a really good movie maybe tomorrow we'll all wear 42 that way they won't tell us apart
1: and if you want to see kind of like, it's not a prequel, but it could be a prequel. HBO did a movie called Soul the Game with Delroy Lindell as Satchel Paige, McKelty Williamson as Josh Gibson, and Blair Underwood as a young Jackie Robinson, them all playing in the Negro League and leading up to Jackie Robinson being called up to the Dodgers. I think it's a great companion movie. HBO, once again, does another very good baseball movie. I have not
0: seen Soul of the Game. I need to check it
1: out. And then next up, we have Eight Men Out with John Cusack, Charlie Sheen, David Stratham, Michael Rooker. You know, Michael Rooker from Guardians of the Galaxy. It's about the 1919 Black Sox who fixed the World Series.
0: Yeah, I, being a Field of Dreams fan, um, Eight Men Out really stood out to me. Just the legend of Shoeless Joe Jackson. Um, I've only yeah. seen it once. I remember really enjoying it, but I, I can't give a grand opinion on it. I've only seen it the one time, but it is a really well-done film
1: check it out i wish hbo god i feel like i'm just promoting hbo hbo would do like kind of like a miniseries based on this story i think it'd be great next up we have tommy lee jones and cobb the story of ty cobb you just see him in the middle of trying to write a biography and just the flaws that are, is the man ty cobb but just how great he was after that, we have The Babe with John Goodman. I think this movie, John Goodman perfectly casts Babe Ruth, but it just misses the mark, doesn't knock it out of the park like the Babe deserved.
0: I wish there was more films uh, about Babe Ruth. Uh, he was a fascinating guy. I think a lot more people would really gravitate towards those, but yeah, this movie just didn't quite work.
1: Last up in our history sections is one called The Catcher Was a Spy, it's with Ant Man himself, Paul Rudd. It's probably the best movie based on a Red Sox player. And I doubt many people know this story, but a Red Sox player who was recruited to be a spy in World War II. Check it out. It is based on true events. It's a film that could have been great, could have been like Oscar material, but it just goes to the show like the cast is there. It has a great cast, but just kind of shows when you maybe aim a little bit higher. It, It could have been a great film. All right. Next up for our rapid fire section, we're going to talk about comedy baseball movies. We already touched on the major league trilogy, but let's go to Mr. Baseball with Tom Selleck, a uh, former major league star who's struggling and has to go play in Japan. I loved it because it showed an angle of baseball players when they have to go to Japan and play and just how important baseball is over there and how different it is.
0: I played a little bit of baseball in college. I've not, I've always relived the dream of getting able to play baseball, trying to prolong my career. I never quite went through that, but seeing Tom Selleck do it, um, it makes me realize, hey, I'm glad I probably never did that.
1: Next up, we have Mr. 3000. Bernie Mac, the legendary comedian, gets that 3000 hit and is like, I'm done. I'm going to go open up my own shops. But then realized there was an error that he actually didn't get 3000 hits. So now he has to go back and play for the Brewers. And get back into the game and learn life lesson while also making us laugh. Next up is The Scout with a very young, pre George of the Jungle, Brendan Fraser, the hilarious Albert Brooks. J.K. Simmons plays a coach in this movie as well, just like he did in For Love of the Game, and it's about Albert Brooks, who's a scout who needs a win, finds Brendan Fraser, and brings him to be a part of the New York Yankees. The film is one of those films where it wants to be A comedy but then also wants to kind of dive into mental illness topics as well so then it kind of tries to be funny dramedy then actually has really deep dramatic moments so it it kind of has balancing problems but check it out if you can it's not a great movie but it's an interesting one next up is a movie that I know Brian has uh, all kinds of feels for bench warmers with Rob <laughs> Snyder and David Spade. How old are you? I'm 12. We're like 1200. <laughs> it took me a little time to get into this movie. I think it was like after like three tries, I was like, all right, it's funny. Is it great? No, but it's funny.
0: I, this was a movie where I came in having made up my mind ahead of time that I was going to love it because I will defend Napoleon dynamite till my dying breath. (laughs) I think that movie is hilarious. Uh, and this was the first kind of big, big movie that John heater was getting to do, uh, for that. So I came in deciding that I would defend bench warmers for the rest of my life. I've kind of jumped off that hill. I will still talk Napoleon dynamite all day, but just this movie is really funny, but Nick Swartzen's character cracks me up where he goes up to bat with like the little sword. Like that movie, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's not exactly great. It's kind of peak David Spade and Rob Schneider, though.
1: Yeah, you can definitely tell it has that Adam Sandler produced feel to it. Next up, we have Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore and the Red Sox Fever Pitch. And of course, like I love the story, how they were making it, and the original ending was, you know, Red Sox, of course, didn't win again, and that's okay. We still love each other, but while they were filming it, the Red Sox went on to win their first World Series in a long time. So they changed things, so I'm glad that worked out for them. And I remember watching that World Series going, why is Jimmy Fallon, Drew Barrymore on the field with a camera crew? And, of course, when the movie came out, it all made sense. Did that
0: actually happen during the actual World Series?
1: Yeah. I did not know that that's real footage whoa (laughs) Jimmy Fallon isn't the strongest actor in the film you know he does an okay job he's a New York guy and that's all I kept thinking while I was watching it but he does a solid choice I, I think it's definitely more of a Drew Barrymore movie she definitely takes the comedic lead in the film
0: life goals for me came out of this movie though just seeing that entire book of season tickets show up and getting to sit down with your friends and have a fantasy draft of what games you're getting to go to. I genuinely, my heart hurts in that scene. I, again, this movie has some issues, but my heart hurts for him when he's at that wedding and they have that massive comeback against the Yankees. Like I, I am that sports fan. Like that would kill me to miss something so big. I just, you know? I feel really, I feel really bad for him when that happens. But when he gets that book of season tickets, I can't wait to get to that point.
1: I, I was for a couple seasons a season ticket holder for Orlando City Soccer. I remember I was so disappointed when it just came with a, um, a one card with an RFID chip in it and not a booklet oh, of man. tickets. Because <laughs> I thought of that scene, I was a little disappointed. <laughs> That's so, sad. so, I know. Well. You know, I guess as a Red Sox fan, I'm glad we have a movie. We have that one and The Catcher was a spy. So not not the Yankees are definitely beating us as far as better baseball movies. Well next up we have you know what? Let's let's pitch a movie with a third base played by a chimp and let's have Matt LeBlanc from Friends and let's call the movie Ed. How does that sound? Well, that happened. Yeah, frozen bananas
0: too. Oh lord. <laughs> I I grew up on this movie. I, this movie makes me laugh. I haven't seen it in a long, long time. But the fact that Joey Tribbiani is roommates with a chimpanzee who is like Nolan Arenado at third base, it's amazing to me.
1: I don't have anything really positive to say about this movie other than I saw it. I can say I saw it, and I'm uh, good with saying that I saw it and then last up with the comedies a very guilty pleasure of mine starring freddie prince jr jessica beale and matthew lillard about the cape cod league it's called summer catch it's definitely one of those like late 90s teen baseball romance movies obviously with freddie prince jr is it a great film no and you're gonna eye roll how many times freddie prince goes in and out of his accent being in the Cape Cod League, but I, I will happily represent this movie on my guilty pleasure list. It's just Free Prince. He's a struggling local boy who wants to make it to the big show, but he's also learning life lessons of being the not-so-rich kid who falls for the rich girl, Jessica Beale, whose family vacations in Cape Cod. So he just learns about how to become a better person and also a better pitcher. Next up, we have some of the other films that we just couldn't get to. A League of Their Own. Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, Madonna, Rosie O'Donnell. I think Tom Hanks, this is one of his best performances, and that's saying a lot. I think it is one of the biggest crimes in Oscar history that he was not nominated for supporting actor. I looked at what was nominated that year, and it was a very tough year, but he still should have been nominated. I think A League of Their Own is in my top six. And I think it's a great, great movie and a great baseball movie. You stink. You're going
0: away. You're... <laughs> <laughs> Got him! <laughs> this for me is is kinda your field of dreams, Mark. You kind of watch it and you're like, it's it's fine. For me, I just I don't quite get it. I was a lot older when I saw it for the first time, so the nostalgia's not there. I'm surprised, having watched it recently, how little Tom Hanks is actually in this movie. My issue is at the end when the when Kit and Dottie see each other at the Hall of Fame. They act they're sisters, but they act like they haven't seen each other in like 45 years. Like I find that kind of hard to believe. Um, yeah, I don't know. This movie just a lot of people really really like this movie, and I'm I'm missing something. I just don't I don't. I don't know why everybody loves it as much as they do.
1: Tom Hanks, it is definitely also one of his most quotable movies you will ever see. There's no crying in baseball! It makes me laugh. There are some tear-jerking moments in it. And then if I could go back in time and tell little Mark who watched it, who is a little snot, that was like, oh, I don't get it, girls playing baseball. God, I would just smack him upside the head and be like, it's a good movie, watch it. (laughs) Next up. We have Disney at it again with The Rookie with Dennis Quaid, but Disney also did Million Dollar Arm with John Hamm. The Rookie is based on the true story about the pitcher who thought he was past his prime, you know, as a high school baseball coach, and discovers maybe he can still play and then makes a bet with his team that he has to try out if they win district. And they win district, so he tries out for the newly formed Tampa Bay Devil Rays.
0: Yeah, Jimmy Morris is the pitcher. Um, I've actually had a chance to meet Jimmy Morris in, um, wow. in passing before. He's a really he was a really nice guy. Uh, so I really I really like this movie. The pacing, as I said earlier, a little bit slow. Yeah, um, but it's just a really uh, again put yourself in that in those shoes of being in your late 30s and getting to the big leagues and your first start being in your own home state. It's really cool.
1: I'm not going to lie. I usually skip like the first 10 minutes and get to where he's actually coaching in high school. I kind of skip to there. Million Dollar Arm with John Hamm is about an agent who needs a win. So he has a contest where he goes to India to get to recruit some cricket players to learn and play the game of baseball, also based on true story, a very inspirational one. And then we got to go with the natural, our good friend Chris. Holds this one in his top 10, has a very high opinion of it. It's got legendary Robert Redford as the lead in it. Robert Duvall is in it as well. So is Glenn Close. Kim Basinger, very young Kim Basinger. And then Randy Newman, whose score you'll recognize it from a lot of sports highlights. Also sounds very familiar to Go the Distance song from Hercules. But it is another film that has pacing issues. I like it for the most part, but it, it drags at times.
0: Having watched this one recently, I I do not really like this movie. Uh, Robert Redford, really good actor um, in this movie, does a really good job. But just from a story perspective, it's so heavy-handed with the really rich guys uh, just doing everything for money. And all the bad women in this movie, one of them shoots him Uh They're always dressed in black when his childhood girlfriend, Glenn Close, is always dressed in white. It's just so heavy handed with the themes that it has. And just the way the movie ends by hitting a baseball into the stadium lights, causing every single stadium light to short out and rain down (laughs) fuses and everything else onto the field. It's just really corny. Um, I think the, the, the movie literally ending with him playing catch with his son. That's a that's a cool thing. Um, But just overall, this movie did not age well for me at all.
1: Yeah, I I think the film does have some directional and pacing issues, so I totally get it there. But I think it is also a baseball movie that everyone should watch. It's Robert Redford, you know, greatness right there. Next up, speaking of greatness, we have a Clint Eastwood baseball movie, Trouble with the Curve, where Clint Eastwood plays a major league scout for the Atlanta Braves but he's also dealing with getting older and life getting harder and his strained relationship with his daughter, the extremely talented Amy Adams. And also Justin Timberlake, who shows that he can act. He's a former baseball player who struggled, who's trying to get into Major League Baseball by also being a scout. John Goodman in the film, love John Goodman. Like I said earlier, he was in the movie The Babe, so he's not unfamiliar with baseball movies. And even Matthew Lillard from Summer Catch makes another baseball movie as a very snotty, know-it-all, younger baseball representative for the Braves. So, And then last up is a Netflix documentary called The Battered Bastards of Baseball. It stars Kurt Russell, as he talks about his dad, Bing Russell, who loved baseball. He was an actor who loved baseball. It's on Netflix. And he was tired of how minor league teams were just farm systems for the major league teams. So he started an independent club, which was not a thing. And they were called the Portland Mavericks. And it just showed how he started something new and how he just changed the baseball world. And it's a 90 minute documentary, but it flies by so quick. Well, that concludes our episode on baseball movies. We hope you enjoyed taking the field with us. If you have more cravings for sports? I have an answer for you. Brian, I believe you have a podcast that can help with that.
0: Yeah, you can listen to wherever you listen to your podcast, BNA Sports Podcast. You can hear me lament on how much I dislike the Dodgers and still pick them to win everything and everything else in between. Uh, this past week we previewed the NBA restart. It was a lot of fun.
1: Check it out for sure. Give it a rate or review or a download. Whatever you can do to spread the love to Brian's podcast. Next week on UWF, Brian and I will be... Brian, what's that up in the sky? Is that... It couldn't be. It is! It's the Bat-Signal! That's right, Bat-Fans. We are going to be discussing the Christopher Nolan Batman Trilogy. With our Bat-Voices and all, just stay tuned. It's going to be really good. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know with a rate or review. For those listeners with any comments or questions, drop us a line so we can reply. Brian, tell our listeners how they can message the show and stay up to date on everything UWF.
0: Yeah, you can find us on Instagram at UnitedWeFanPodcast, or you can shoot us an email at UnitedWeFanPodcast at gmail.com.
1: For sure. Check it out. Check out our Instagram. We have a lot of fun on there, and feel free to email us. Leave any comments you'd like. We'd love to respond. Thank you, CKCC Radio. Check us out in the many podcasts of CKCC Radio wherever you listen to your podcasts. Till we unite again, fans, some parting words from Yankee great Yogi Berra. Baseball is 90% mental. The other half is physical. Post-game show is brought to you by... I can't find it. The hell with it.